The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. All right, it is Friday evening once again. Good to have you along. John Scholes here, and of course, alongside Savannah Tamarkin, co-founding partner Sam Friru Tamarkin, the uh, most positively reviewed, uh, Google-reviewed law firm in the country. So you want to reach out to Savannah anytime you have disability woes. Uh, depends on the topic. No, it doesn't. Call and reach out to Savannah anytime. He's got an amazing team with him as well. Always ready to uh, to answer your questions, right? one 855 821-5900. Again, 1-855-821-5900. I'll give you that number again throughout the show in the email, which we're going to try to get through some of those uh, over the next half hour. We'll, we'll try anyway. Help at disabilityrights.ca. And if you just want some quick information, some quick answers about uh, any one of your topics under the LTD banner, here's the simplest way to do it. LTDFAQ.ca. It's, it's a bunch of quick, easy-to-read memos or blocks about different topics. Click on them. There's a drop-down menu, and you can read all those. It's absolutely free and anonymous it might even uh, sidestep a phone call if there's enough information for you there but uh, if not you can always reach out but ltdfaq.ca real simple okay emails to get going savannah a little later on the show hopefully but you've got so much to cover off the top uh, what are we uh, what are we tossing out there first hey john let's start off from something that we don't usually talk about but it's really interesting because global news has recently done uh, a, a story on this, Sean O'Shea from Global, and this involves mm-hmm. a 75-year-old lady. Her name is Florence Steele, uh, and it's uh, interesting that her last name is Steele because she has a core of steel, this lady, <sighs> and this involves a life insurance claim. So for anyone out there who's who has life insurance, I'm sure, John, you do. I have life insurance. A lot of people have life insurance because you want to be prepared for the eventuality if something happens that your family is taken care of. Well, this involves Florence Steele and her late husband, uh, Harold Steele. Uh, back in 2019, they were both in their 70s at that point as well. And they thought, you know, we don't have life insurance. We've been working all our lives. You know, she was an admin assistant for almost three decades. He was a truck driver for over 40 years. Uh, you know, hardworking people, raised a family, tax paying, you know, just really good Canadians, right? What you would consider to be sort of the the, the uh, a typical person who does everything they're supposed to do. So they go to this insurance company. I'm not going to name them. Uh, you can Google her name and you'll see the story and you'll know who the insurance company is. But they go to this insurance company based out of Toronto and they get life insurance. Now, they're not rich people. So they take out a policy on each other's lives for $12,000 each. And that's just to cover funeral expenses and other expenses in the eventuality that one of them passes away. Sure. And so they get this insurance in late 2019. And it's one of those policies, and this is really common, where the insurance company sends you a medical questionnaire, a health questionnaire. You fill it out to the best of your ability. You send it back. Insurance company says, okay, based on this, Here's the premiums you're going to need to pay us on a monthly basis. In their case, it was around $100, $105 a month that they had to pay for, for Herald's insurance. And they do that, uh, you know, without exception, never defaulting. Well, uh, fast forward about two and a half years later, almost two and a half years later, and Herald passes away uh, from a variety of issues, including cancer, pneumonia, etc. And Florence, of course, grieving, uh, is doing what she needs to do. And about 10 days after he passes away, this just happened this past April, John, 2022. Yep. She puts in a life insurance claim uh, on through the policy, and she gets a denial. Well, she doesn't just get one denial. She gets a second denial. And essentially, 
what this insurance company has done is as soon as she put in a claim, they've requested to see Harold's family doctor's medical records going back several years. And what, why did they do that? And this is, again, very common, is because the insurance company then goes back to the initial health questionnaire that was filled out, and they say, or they try and match up whatever answers you gave with the medical documentation. And if they can find any inconsistency, anything that potentially gives them the right to say, well, you've misstated something, uh, you, you've given us false information, incorrect information, uh, anything that doesn't jive with the medical documentation, then the insurance company could potentially come back and say, we're denying your claim on the basis that we didn't know this information, you've misstated this information on the initial health questionnaire, so therefore your policy is void, meaning we don't have to pay you. And that's exactly what they've done here. Now, I'm not going to get into the details of exactly what they found and what was misstated, except to tell you this, John, and you and I spoke with Florence on another show that we've done. I mean, she's not the type of person, neither was Harold, to lie, okay? They answered the health questionnaire to the best of their ability. They're not doctors. When the health questionnaire asked, do you have these issues or this condition or this illness, they've answered this truthfully as they knew, as they could remember. I can tell you, John, that if you were to give me that health questionnaire, I don't know, I'll, I'll do my best to answer it, but I don't yeah. remember what kind of things I had you know, five years ago, three years ago, 10 years ago. Maybe some big things I'll know, but not necessarily the small things you go to the doctor for. And so in this case, the insurance company took the position that because there was a misstatement, the policy was void. Here's what the insurance company did not deal with, though, and, and didn't acknowledge, and certainly Florence wasn't aware of, and I can almost guarantee you that the vast majority of our listeners, unless you're in the industry, would not know about this. There is a provision under the Insurance Act, under the regulations of legislation in Ontario, uh, that stipulates that for the first two years of a life insurance policy, the insurer can void the policy. They can say that the, po that the policy is of no, no, no force and effect, uh, meaning that you have no coverage, if they find some kind of a misstatement or a mistake in the information you've given them when okay. you took out the policy. Got it. However, beyond the two-year mark, they can no longer just do that. In order to void the policy beyond the two-year mark, the insurer has to prove that the misstatement or the misinformation was both material and that's something that is a legal term, but more importantly, that there was fraud that was committed, that the insured fraudulently provided this information. Now, proving fraud is an extremely difficult thing for the insurance company to do. And in fact, when you look at the denial letters from this insurance company to Florence Steele, never once do they allege fraud. They simply say there were misstatements, there were some errors in the application, and therefore we're avoiding the policy not dealing with the fact that this policy had been in effect by the time Harold had passed away for over two years, which means that provision in the Insurance Act was triggered. That provision is called the incontestability provision. Uh, and, uh, you know, what's important to understand is that insurance companies have this obligation. In fact, most life insurance policies I have seen, in fact, all of them I have seen, the policies themselves contain some iteration of this provision, now, if our listeners are interested in this provision, Google Insurance Act Ontario, go to section 184 sub 2, and you will see this incontestability provision that says, specifically, where a contract or an addition, increase or change to a contract has been in effect for two years, I'm reading this from the, from the legislation, during the lifetime of the person whose life is insured, a failure to disclose a misrepresentation of a fact required to be disclosed by section 183 does not in the absence of fraud render the contract voidable. 
a lot of legal jargon here, but essentially says what I've said, which is that for the insurance company here to take the position that she's not entitled to these proceeds based on some kind of misinformation provided at the beginning, which by the way, I'm not saying even that there was misinformation. I'm just saying even if there was, beyond the two-year mark, they have to show that there was fraud to void the contract. <sighs> Now, I've offered to help Florence here pro bono. I mean, it's a $12,000 policy. This, yeah. is, this, is, this is, you know, a petty cash for the insurance company here. But for Florence, this is a big deal. And it's very traumatic for her, for her daughter, for their family. And so what I want to tell people out there is you have to be very careful when you're dealing with life insurance policies. My advice always is go to a broker, deal with an insurance broker if you can. They're licensed. They know what they're doing. They'll tell you which insurance companies will honor policies and which are more difficult the other thing is when you're getting these kinds of policies, when you're, when you're filling out these questionnaires, if a broker is not helping you, please, please go to your doctor. Take some time from your doctor's day if you can, if the doctor will allow it, even if you have to pay for their time, get them to help you to fill out that questionnaire. I'm talking about the medical uh, questions because right. you want to make sure you don't give the insurance company a reason to deny you down the road. Not even you. You're not going to be here. Your family, right? And the last thing is that if you've been denied a life insurance policy or a long-term disability policy or anything like that, please reach out to us. This is what myself, my team of lawyers throughout Ontario, this is what we do. We help people deal with insurance companies when insurance companies treat you unfairly, deny your claim, and you think you have no options. So if you want to learn more about the story, again, Google Sean O'Shea, Florence Steele, you will see it was it was on TV, I think, a week or two ago, uh, really well done. And, uh, you know, I do hope the insurance company is going to come to the table and pay Florence what she's owed under the policy. But, John, this is just uh, the lesson here is if you're denied an insurance claim, don't just take it. Get legal advice. Get the proper information. Empower yourself by understanding what your rights are vis-a-vis -vis your policy and the insurance company. And understand that insurance companies are there to make a profit. The fact that they've denied your claim doesn't mean that the insurance company is right and doesn't mean that you're not owed that money. But you have to stand up for your rights, and that's what we help people do. We help them stand up for their rights, John. Yeah, it just it just blows me away that all this, you know, this anguish for for a twelve thousand dollar policy it's a used car we're not talking six seven figures here it's 12 grand not you said petty I cash know. not even it's pocket change not even it petty is. cash for this it's just it's so maddening it's, you know to your point we talked to uh, we talked to flo on another show oh my gosh we, we we should have her on several times she just speaks so well and just nails the point it was a completely emotional interview it was it was so it was so good so i hope there's a good resolution to this one pal really. for sure i i agree with you 100 percent. and you know let, let, let's just you know make sure we we, we are clear here john the twelve thousand dollars for her is gold right i mean she needs that money for most people out there twelve thousand dollars is a ton of money it's a ton of money for me too for an insurance company it's nothing but what I'm angry about here is that the insurance company has completely disregarded this provision of the Insurance Act. When I wrote them a letter uh, and, and told them they must pay here, I was very sharp in my criticism because I, I said to them in my letter, you guys know about this provision in the Insurance Act, and certainly you know about the provisions that are in the policy itself that essentially copy that provision from the Insurance Act. You know about the two years. So why is it? So anyways, at this point, they said they're going to get back to me fairly shortly. If they don't uh, go ahead and pay her this sum, I'm going to take this all away. I'm not going to let them get away with this, John. Yeah. And with that, we'll take a short break. Lots more to go. In the meantime, you want to reach out to Savannah and his team, you could do so. It's one 855 help at disabilityrights.ca. We'll continue with the Disability Law Show. Stand by. 
You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. All right, welcome back. Disability Law Show heading into the weekend. Uh, you can reach out anytime, though, to uh, Savan and his team, one 855 821-5900, that would be the number. The email is help at disabilityrights.ca. Want to ask any other questions, uh, you can use your tablet, your uh, your desktop, uh, phone for that matter, mydisabilityquestions.com. It's free, it's anonymous, it's searchable. The algorithm's built that way, so it's super handy, mydisabilityquestions.com. What else you got uh, What else you got going on, pal? We still got some time here. Yep, John, I got the next thing I want to mention is uh, talk about long-term disability. I know on this show we typically talk about car accidents, slip and falls, personal injuries, and we're going to get to that shortly as well. But I want to mention that you know, one thing, again, in the vein of what we talked about in the last segment, that insurance companies often try to get away with not paying, you know, they are also very afraid most of the time, I can tell you, uh, to go to court. And that's the reason why most of these cases – in the personal injury world, long-term disability, life insurance, they almost never make it to court. So forget about everything you see on TV, especially American TV. You are most likely, if you have a claim, will not go to court. Not always, but almost never. Why? Why? Because insurance companies understand that if they get in front of a judge and they're wrong, they're going to get hammered. Let me give you an example. A few weeks ago, uh, there was a case involving a lady. Her name is Baker, Sarah Baker. And she had a long-term disability claim. Again, we do a lot of long-term disability law uh, cases in our office, in Ontario, in BC, in Alberta. I mean, we're well known for that, myself and my team. Well, this particular case ended up getting all the way to court. That insurance company, and I'll Mm -hmm. tell you who it is because it was reported, it was Blue Cross, Blue Cross Life Insurance Company of Canada. This was a trial that went uh, to court. It actually got there after, after all these years of them denying her benefits. And, uh, you know, this lady suffered, she was a uh, 47-year-old woman, suffered a brain bleed stroke in 2013, unable to go back to work as a director at a hospital. Uh, They ended up going to court, believe it or not. The Blue Cross, for whatever reason, denied her claim for long-term disability. Well, this actually got tried in front of a jury. John, you know, do you want to know what happened? So, So just so our listeners understand, when you go to court or when you go after an insurance company for long-term disability, we are asking essentially the court to say that the insurance company is wrong and our client should be getting long-term disability payments on a monthly basis. That's what a long-term disability policy is for. But in many cases, insurance companies, or in some cases, they act in such a way that can attract punitive damages. Those are damages above and beyond what the policy provides. Punitive damages are there to punish the insurance company for egregious conduct. Mm-hmm. Well, this case went in front of a jury a few weeks ago. And this case, in this case, the jury not only said that Sarah Baker is in fact disabled and Blue Cross is wrong, but that Blue Cross's conduct was so bad that the jury awarded this lady $1.5 million in punitive damages. Man, oh man. As well as $40,000 in aggravated damages, et cetera, et cetera, not to mention legal costs of, you know, and a whole bunch of other things. Now, why am I saying this? Because I want people to understand, do not assume, do not believe what the insurance companies want you to believe, which is that you have no power. You have a lot more power than you think you do when it comes to dealing with insurance companies. Insurance companies are economic entities. I used to work for them many, many years ago. The one thing they hate more than paying a claim 
is paying their lawyers to deal with a claim that they're going to have to pay. I remember specifically when I used to work for insurance companies in the past that they would complain to me, Sivan, when are you going to settle the case? When are we going to stop paying you for this and for that? They don't want to pay for this. Now, you as an individual perhaps may not have you know the, the power that you think you do because there's, there, there is a disbalance here in terms of, of knowledge and, and information, right? You don't know insurance law. You're not a lawyer, uh, assuming you're not in the field. Most people just don't know what they can do, what their options are with insurance companies. But as soon as you come to, for example, my team or, or other lawyers that know what they're doing, that disbalance is immediately corrected. In fact, my partner, James Fireman, likes to say that when you reach out to us and if we represent you, we're not going to even the playing field. We're going to tilt it in your favor because we understand where the pressure points are with insurance companies. And so the reason I'm mentioning this case with Sarah Baker is because this is an example of where an insurance company has gambled. They've gambled that this lady is going to lose. Not only did they gamble wrong, they got hit with the largest punitive damages award yeah. in a long-term disability case in the country, in Canada, in Canada's history. So again, if you're having issues with your long-term disability, please, please contact us. It costs nothing to talk to myself, any one of our lawyers. We can help you understand your rights. If you don't want to proceed with your case, no problem. If you want to go elsewhere, no problem. As long as you are you know, informed, as long as you understand what your rights are. These are not difficult for us to assess. We can usually do this by reviewing your denial letter, reviewing some of your medical documentation, talking to you about your situation. And we can tell you usually within a few minutes by phone if you have a case or not, and what you can potentially get, and what the options are, and how to proceed. We're never going to pressure you to do anything, but at least you'll know what your options are. What are the chances that this, this big award, this record setter, will actually give insurance companies a, a bit of a kick in the pants, open the rise to, to, to stop this behavior? Or you don't think so? It's not, it's, it, it won't happen. <laughs> you, you would hope so, John, but yeah. you know, I never underestimate insurance companies' stupidity. And you know why? Because <laughs> you know, the reality is we say insurance companies, but these are people. And you know the adjusters you're dealing with and the executives and the shareholders, they understand this is a cost of doing business. This is the problem, right? We don't have, in my view, stringent enough regulations and legislation on insurance companies. I think that in order to make an insurance company really change its course, it wouldn't have to. It, it, it cannot be 1.5 million dollars in punitives. It has to be a billion and right. a half, you know, in, in punitives. Then an insurance company will change course. Then other insurers will see that they can't just pull this kind of stuff with people, you know, and essentially abuse these policies and abuse people. But 1.5 million, listen, for Sarah Baker, I hope to God she gets it, along with whatever she's owed under the policy. She made them uh, you know, pay for it, and they're going to have to pay for it. But are they going to change course, John? I don't know, but I can tell you I'm going to quote this case in every uh, case that I'm handling and that my team is handling because that's how we send the message to insurance companies that we're willing to do this and take it all the way on behalf of our clients. We will not allow insurance companies to get away with not paying what our clients are owed period. Again, guys, one 821 5900 That strikes a chord. You need to reach out. That's the number to get a hold of Savan or help at disabilityrights.ca. Okay, well, you, you mentioned something else, pal. What else have we got going on with the remaining minutes? Yeah, I, I want to mention to you uh, a, a that I had with a very nice lady. Uh, this was about a week and a half ago, I think it was. Uh, she is a cyclist. She was cycling in Toronto, and uh, she was... Um, uh, struck by a vehicle that was making an improper right-hand turn. She was thrown off the bike. She broke a few ribs. She suffered a concussion. She broke her knee. Serious wow. injuries. And this lady is in her mid-40s. 
she works in an office, but because of the injuries, she's now off work. Uh, she, she was asking me, you know, what, what can I do? I don't have a car. I, I certainly can't ride my bike. I'm off work. Um, I have all these expenses now. I was treated in the hospital, but now I, I have to get, you know, treatments, physio, etc. And I said to her, look, this is, it's great that you called me because again, it doesn't cost anything to talk. And I spent about 45 minutes on the phone explaining all her options. And what I told her is, look, if you're struck by a car, if you're injured because of a car or in the context of a car, car accidents, car versus pedestrian, car versus cyclist, whatever it is, the insurance company, if you have your own automobile insurance, your automobile insurer, or if you don't have it, like this lady, the other persons, the whoever was at fault, their car insurer, must pay accident benefits to the injured individual, irrespective of fault. She could have been the one at fault. It doesn't matter. She is entitled to get accident benefits under Ontario law. And those accident benefits include income replacement benefits up to $400 a week, unless there is a different policy in place. Um, she's entitled to medical rehabilitation benefits because of the type of injuries she got. She's entitled to up to $65,000 worth of various types of benefits. You know, if you have a catastrophic injury as a result of a car accident, it can be up to a million dollars. Again, these are accident benefits. We have people in our office that help with that, uh, and so we can help you with that. But then there is the other type of claim, which is called a tort claim. That's right. When you're dealing with a car accident and the person is injured, and their injuries are, uh, there is a permanency to them, right? And this lady here in her mid-40s, she had all these fractures. She's probably going to be injured or impaired to some extent I think going forward into the future. And the question of course becomes to what end? Is she gonna be able to go back to work? Maybe half the time, maybe she won't be able to do overtime. We have to see what happens obviously, but if you have injuries which are more significant and severe, those are the kinds of cases we deal with at our office. And at that point, whoever caused the accident isn't, is not is obligated to pay that. I mean, not the person, but their insurance company. Sure. They're going to have to pay for your pain and suffering. They're going to have to pay for your income loss into the future. Maybe you're back to work, but you can't advance in your profession now because of your injuries the way you could before the accident. Well, that's called a loss of competitive advantage, advantage. in the workforce. That's also compensable. What if you had family members there helping you now? because of your injuries. Well, guess what? They're entitled to compensation as well, potentially, under the Family Law Act. We can, we can do shows upon shows, John, and we do, about the kinds of benefits and rights you have if you're involved in a car accident or if you're injured and it's not your fault or if it's partially your fault and partially somebody else's fault. What I tell people is, look, this is really complex stuff in terms of the legislation that's out there. We talk with people all the time. We explain to people their rights. I'm going to help this lady. My team's going to help this lady. She's going to have nothing to worry about except trying to get better. And that's what I want to tell people out there. Maybe it's not you. Maybe it's a friend, a family member, a colleague. If you've been injured you know, and, and your injuries are more significant, please give us a call. It's going to cost you nothing to get the information you need and understand what compensation you're entitled to. And with that, guys, especially with the fall rolling in and winter, you want to talk slip and falls and all that stuff, you're going to be uh, writing this number down and calling it uh, for sure, if not for yourself or a friend or a colleague or a family member in the uh, the near future. But that's cool. That's what it's for. Uh, the number one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. help at disabilityrights.ca. That's the email address. And any other time you want a short, easy-to-read memos, memorandums on LTD, that's how you get these. It's called ltdfaq.ca. It's free and anonymous as well and takes two seconds and really easy to understand. And that is it for this show. Again, enjoy the weekend. We'll catch you next time on the Disability Law Show.
The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment.